All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And we are going to just go ahead and jump right into things because we have some voicemails, and uh, that takes up a little bit of a chunk of time. So no intro, no nothing. We'll just go ahead and jump into that. Sound all right, Craig? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, we will get rolling with the voicemails here, and I gotta make sure to get the volume high enough because Google Voice is kind of a pain of a program. Here we go. Yeah, what's going on? Y'all know what it is. Great win against Cincinnati. Hey, bump that. Moving on. I want to talk about something that I've, I've been hearing about the last week as far as Michigan <clears throat> about booing. We're really gonna have this conversation. Now, let's get straight to it as far as Wilson's face. I'm booing, and I'll say this to anybody, Z, my man, Blueprint, anybody. I'm booing that kid, and I'm sorry, he ain't even in here. He's 21, 22 years old. You're a grown man. Like, if you were 15, I can understand. Tim Drebno, grown man. I'm booing his play calling. Offensive line, I'm booing him too. People need to understand something. <laughs> if you have aspirations to go to the what we call NFL, National Football League, People are going to boo you, so you might as well get prepared for it now. I'm not saying you have to be lawless. What I'm saying is at least put forth an effort. I get, I, I, it's amazing at how, how low Michigan football has gotten. The days of Rich Rod, three and nine, five and seven, eventually seven and six. The guy couldn't coach his way out of a wet paper bag with scissors. Then we get Brady the joke hope. The guy wouldn't even wear a headset. They paid somebody to stand behind the coach, to wear a headset. Who does that? What head coach doesn't wear a headset? You pay somebody to stand behind you with a headset. Now we got Jim Harbaugh. The expectations are greater. Yes, they are. But we had two trash head coaches. And, yes, Rich Rodriguez is a trash head coach. Brady Hope is a trash head coach. Jim Harbaugh is a really good head coach. If, if you don't want to be booed consistently, don't mess up all the time. I'm not cheering third and 19 when you got a, uh, uh, like a, an end around, get sweep that gets five yards. Why would I cheer that? You know what I'm saying? Why would I cheer you overthrowing your wide receiver who's six foot four by seven inches? Nico Collins is six six. You, if you six six, if you overthrowing guys six four, you're probably going to overthrow guys who's six six. Like, come on, man, for real? Let's get off that. No disrespect to anybody I name, but I mean, we got to get off this. Go blue, man, but. Yeah, if you don't want to get booed, I mean, just stay off the field, man. You gonna act like that? Yeah, come, yeah, come on, man, for real. Like, stop, stop with this, man. All right, and his actually went long, so his is two parts here. So I gotta get the second part rolling. <coughs> oh yeah, I wasn't finished yet. Uh, oh yeah, and and here's the thing, man. You know, the only the only players I noticed complaining about booing a Brady Hope guys, maybe it's just me. But I don't hear Coach Harbaugh's guys talking, you know, talking about, well, don't, don't, you know, the fans shouldn't do this, the fans shouldn't do that. It's, I'm just curious as to why these guys are so soft, man. Like, Brady Hope, man, 20% of the guys he recruited would have been in Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. 20%. That just, that's a high number when it comes to 80% of guys not being there. When he got there, he had to get rid of a lot of those guys because they like they, they used to say trim the fat. They just weren't. I'm not saying they couldn't play football. They should, just shouldn't have ever been in Michigan. 
80% of the guys Brady Hope recruited never should have been to Michigan. That says a lot about Brady Hope and his his stargazing. The guy could evaluate talent like crazy. Just couldn't produce him. Had the worst coaching staff I've ever seen. Now, Rich Ross, now Brady Hope's staff was worse. It's a tie. It don't matter, man. They both suck. It's like, it's like a, a race to the bottom. But I don't, man, I, I just remember the days when Michigan just had higher expectations. Nowadays, you just you hear you hear fans talking about, well, you know, we'll we'll probably beat this team because we're playing such and such at night. I I just don't. I'm not used to that. I don't remember that. I don't remember being scared of Penn State or Iowa at night. I remember Michigan just blasting them. Didn't matter where. Didn't matter when. It just didn't matter because it was Michigan. <clears throat> now it's it just even the fans have gotten soft, man. A lot of them. This is weird to me, but. Now, living in Alabama, they, they boo Alabama. You you don't show up to see the expectation level is greater. We have to start setting a greater expectation level for the product on the field. If, if, if McCaffrey or Peters is the future, then let them be there. But like I said, Wilson Spate has the keys to a Ferrari, and he's dropped in like a Hugo. It's not just him. The offensive line isn't doing that job for real. But, I mean, let's just come to expect great things out of Michigan. We have a great coach. He's going to have to have a great team. Stop, stop. Stop being soft, man. Like, stop being soft. Expect something greater. Nine and three, ten and – no, I don't expect that. I expect Rose Bowls when they playoffs. You know, Bo was a great coach. Bo lost a lot of Rose Bowls. I'm sorry. I don't want that for Coach Harbaugh. You want championships. you got to learn to expect that. Living in SEC country, a lot of y'all don't know what it's like. They expect championships. Like, coaches lose their jobs. After two, three years after they won the championship, I mean that's just the way it is. Y'all got to, a lot. It's not everybody. It's just a lot of y'all. You got to realize that, man. That's what it's about. Well, football, it's a sport. They're still human beings at the end of the day, man. But expect greater. Hmm. I think I, I think we may have lost the tail end of that there. Okay. And I have no idea what that is. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that noise in the background. Um, but, uh, Craig, I'll go ahead and let you get your reactions with that because I have a feeling that mine are going to be vastly different than yours. So uh, if you want to take reactions to that voicemail. Well, I like his uh, you know, passion, I mean, for what he's saying. I mean, in a way, what he he's responding to a lot of the fans – at that stadium. So you got a hundred, a hundred and plus fans and they're booing and play calling and at the time. And, and then you get the couch TV, Michigan fans that didn't like it. And I'm like, well, that's the bugaboo and all this. You get a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of fans that are booing and he's echoing what they think. And, I'm not here to say it's right or wrong. What I'm just saying, what I observed. So, um, you know, I I particularly didn't like the play call either. But you could see, I'll say this, as you could see the play calling going, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but as each third and out, third and out, third and out, you can tell that the fans were getting irritated. And I think you would agree with that, Caleb. Uh, they were getting irritated, and then another third and out, I think that was the last draw, and and the fans booed, and that's when you saw it. And, and 
a lot of people need to go back and look at the tape because you'll see it. That's when they booed was when they went another third and out. And I think the offense wasn't going. We weren't sustaining drives. And the fans, the coaching staff and the play calling know it. And in a way, I think, Stephen, what he's saying is, is we've kind of become the soft you know, society and being, you know, our safe spaces and that we're afraid we might offend people or we're afraid that of booing players and that they're going to take it to heart. And, but then again, I understand what the players are saying say, Hey, if you don't have our backs, <laughs> you know, it's kind of disheartening. So you know, I get both and it's really tough because I'm kind of riding the line on, I understand why the play callings didn't work and why they're booing. I get at that point. Cause I was frustrated, but I didn't boo. I just kind of sat there and went, wow, can't believe they ran that play, but fans did. And then I see the players point of view where they're like, Hey, you need to back us. You need to be, uh, uh, supporting our quarterback and our players and getting behind us. And that's, you know, that's where we're stuck. I mean, I think so- social media is really a tough part to be in in this because um, a lot of people are echoing their real feelings and you're seeing it. So, Yeah, well, this is here where difference opinions come in because I'm going to go with uh, I don't agree with a lot that was said in the voicemail from Stephen, which thanks for the voicemail, by the way. And it's a difference of of opinions here. but uh, And I said in the last episode that my biggest issue with the booing was the reaction from recruits at the games and also the recruits that weren't even at the game because now they hear about it. And he was saying that they boo in SEC country. Well, guess what? In SEC country, you can boo all you want because as long as those guys that get paid when they come, they don't care if you boo at them or not. They're getting paid. So we don't have that luxury up here with Michigan. And as far as the expectations, I understand those expectations, but you also have to have realistic expectations. Only two teams right now that can be talking about we expect national championship or bust are teams like Clemson and Alabama. That's it. Before last week... I would have put Ohio State there, too, because they've been playing top-notch and they've been uh, at the top all the time in the playoff multiple times. Michigan hasn't even been to the playoffs. So to have those expectations, especially with this young a team, is a little bit unrealistic. I mean, to, to want that and to strive for that, yes. But look at what we just did against Cincinnati. So you're going to say to me, a national championship or bust, if we don't get a national championship this season is a complete failure. That I have a little bit of a hard time with because there are differences each year. Sometimes you have great recruiting classes. Sometimes you have injuries. Sometimes you just have those years. So, yeah, when things get consistent and what we anticipate where Jim Harbaugh gets his program to that consistent level of Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, yeah, you can talk to me about national championships on a regular basis. We're getting there. But, yeah, we're not there yet. So this isn't about soft. This is about realistic, and this is about changes happening. So Ohio State. Ohio State's going through it right now, and they got probably one of the best, uh, what, quarterbacks in Ohio State history, and they're asking to bench him. They actually have recruits asking for his benching. I mean, that's how bad it's gotten over Ohio State. So uh, JT Barrett and Ohio State fans are – Going, so, going through a similar thing as we are. And we, everybody knows J.T. Barrett has much more uh, uh, caliber than Wilton Spate does, but y- even he's hearing it. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's pretty interesting because, you know, if you don't if you have a bad game, fans are going to let you hear it. I think what's going on is that 
think what he was maybe heading towards was the whole the team's young. We know that we're we're trying to give us you know we're giving a patience, but Wilton Spade isn't, and he's a veteran. I think you and I pointed that out in the last podcast, saying Wilton Spade, in a way, in the last game played like he was a freshman and like he was a a young quarterback, and I think he get much leeway, but he's not, and I think that's why a lot of people are heading towards him. You know, a lot of people are clamoring for his benching or not. I don't think he should. I think he's our best quarterback by far. I just think. You just got to trust the staff and trust, really trust the process and all this, and and know that we're going to come out and play good against Air Force. So. Yeah, and yeah, exactly like you said. We we think that we'll, we do believe that Willen Spate needs to step up his game. I avoid booing because yeah. nobody really truly knows what you're booing at. So if you're booing at the play calling, the players are going to think you're booing right. at them. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we don't, and and I get that. I'm, I'm just kind of clearing the air on what the booing was really towards and whether the players know that or not, that's not the point. I'm just clearing the air on where, where the booing was at. So, yeah, but here's something else uh, interesting to kind of bring up and everything. Wilton Spate, I, like I said, I do believe is, uh, I mean, he's got the talent. It's a big consistency yeah. with him, but <laughs> yeah. you look at these other schools and everything, they get by and win championships with Wilton Spate caliber quarterbacks you know why because they're monster teams and they have a huge running game that they lean on so there are those teams out there that have not had the flashy quarterbacks that run all over the field and throw for a billion yards because they have a they have monster linemen and a great run offense and so will and spate is out there with some of the some of the players that you've seen competing for national championships in recent years. The reason why you don't see them doing as much as Will and Spate, the much wrong as Will and Spate is because they don't rely as much on passing as we have to. We have to have an even keel um, attack, uh, running and passing. Yeah, perfect example is the Buckeyes. I mean, they're last. (laughs) I mean, they're in as far as JT Barrett throwing the ball, he doesn't throw the ball that much and he doesn't throw it downfield very much. So, but um, you're right. It's, they rely on strength, a uh, huge offensive line and running the ball and him play action p- passing it. So and that's what they rely on, but you're right. I mean, so. Yeah. So when, when a team is not focused on your pass game and they're focused on the run game and you just take advantage of when the system breaks down and you have an open receiver, Right. That makes your job a whole heck of a lot easier. So, yes, there are by far other quarterbacks that are a lot better than Wilton Spate. Anybody saying differently would be crazy. I mean, just watch what Baker Mayfield did. Right. But, yeah. So those those are just some thoughts and reactions with that. And like I said, it's a difference of opinion. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, you always appreciate Stevens, you know, uh, because he's in the, in the Bama area and he knows – that area better than most people. So we appreciate his opinion and much respect for what he, you know, what he says. So, yeah. Yeah. And we've got one more here too. So want to make sure to get this in here. Hey guys, it's Kirby. So, uh, feeling a lot better than I did on Saturday afternoon. Uh, watch some, uh, film on air force. That triple option is going to be a doozy. I think, um, the, I, I think it'll be all right as long as everybody pays attention and and doesn't get distracted off of their assignments. I, 
I hear the comments from uh, Martellus uh, today on, I uh, can't remember where I heard it, one of the shows. But um, it sounds like they've got a handle on it. They've been practicing against it for since the spring game, so or spring practices anyways. So I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in, uh, you know, uh, the Saturday in Air Force and – I'm uh, gonna predict a 34 to 14 win. Maybe no, you know what? Change that 42 to 14 win, and um, that's about it. I don't really have a whole lot to say. I, oh, I got something to say. Jason Whitlock is a moron, and clickbait, and hot take king, and the National Enquirer of Twitter and <laughs> sports commentary. I don't know what else to call it. He's a He's a jerk. Anyways, uh, and that's in reference to his prediction that Harbaugh is going to Indiana, if you didn't catch that. But, um, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for me. Go Blue. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Kirby, for that. And thanks for telling me exactly what uh, Whitlock said, because honest, th- I'll be honest, when I see stupid stuff about Michigan and Harbaugh, I don't pay attention to specifically to who's saying what. I mean, yeah. it's easy to remember for me at least when it's like, um, wow, Colin Cowherd or Pete Feinbaum, obviously. But uh, Paul, Fein- wow, I just call him Pete all the time now. But uh, the other people too. I mean, I know Jason Whitlock is well known and everything, but outside of the huge names, I don't really follow things. Uh, I was sick in bed. And I was able to watch that, and that obviously came up, and I saw, oh, yeah, they had a nice superimposed Colts hat on Harbaugh, and I went, yep, here we go again. And I went, oh, man, here we go. So, Yeah. Um, well, I, going off of his thoughts with the game and everything, um, this will kind of start our conversation and carrying it into the matchup that Michigan has with Air Force coming up this weekend. Uh, he had some good things to, uh, to mention about that. It has been something that uh, they know and they've had to prepare for it because it's a unique situation that they're going to find them in going against that uh, triple option. Uh, I am feeling yeah. co- relatively comfortable myself with it. Uh, the As far as the talk with uh, Harbaugh going to Indianapolis, it's going to be all the time. And it's never going to stop. And every, I mean, it, the thing year. Jeez. Yeah, the thing that I, I will say, and not saying that this year it all makes any sense, but in all honesty, it's like the further you, the more years that pass by, the more realistic it will seem. But it's still like way, way early. Some people are saying they think Harbaugh is going to retire at Michigan. Some people are going to, I think he might go back to the NFL someday to tr- chase that Super Bowl. But I, it's. If it happens, it's going to be a while. That's my own. And opinion. you're right. And he's got way too much talent coming up. I mean, he knows it. We all know it. It's like a thunder rolling in, man. And next year and the year after that, it's just way too much talent coming in here. And there's no way. He knows it. Michigan fans know it. And, yeah, he wants to be around for that. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um I guess what we'll uh, get into, and uh, thanks for sharing the prediction there. I, honestly, when he was there, going to change it there at that, and I thought he was going to say uh, Air Force was going to s- score more. So I was kind of waiting for for yeah. that way instead of thinking that Michigan was going to go up. Um, but we'll go ahead and just 
like I said, walk right into the conversation about the game then. Number seven, Michigan is going to be hosting Air Force this Saturday at noon. Michigan is favored by 24 points. The over-under is uh, 48. So, uh, Craig, why don't you go ahead and just get us started on some general thoughts with this? Well, Air Force coming in, and, you know, Air Force, we have a little bit of history with Air Force. Um, this is Jim Harbaugh's first um, coaching against a triple option, so this is his first go-around. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, we got Don Brown, Dr. Blitz there to, to take care of that. But, uh, yeah, triple option, and I tell you, Air Force does it really, really well because there's so many moving parts going on. Um, Air Force doesn't have, does not have the size a lot of these service teams don't as Michigan, so they rely on a lot of speed, a lot of moving parts, a lot of thinking um, uh, to get things going. And they're very up-tempo. Uh, they don't um, do any huddles, so they go right up. They try to wear you out, and that's what they're going to try to do to Michigan at this point. So Michigan defense has got to be ready for it, you know. Um, so I got a feeling uh, what – uh, Don Brown will probably end up doing is swinging those linebackers out uh, a little bit farther out. And then, you know, like I said, I think I tweeted and I said, this is prime for someone like Devin Bush, who's, you know, gets that edge and you get Cleet Hudson to make sure they don't get to that secondary area and stop them cold. So a lot of things happening because, you know, one minute you think they're all swinging in one route and they're actually going the other way around. It's it's kind of a crazy way of doing it. I, you know, nobody does it. It's it's interesting to watch. I don't like watching it. I, I've never liked option anyways, but uh, Air Force is really good at it. And um, you and I both know that we've seen the triple option with Air Force with the Hoke era, and it's caused us a lot of problems. So, Yeah, and – Kirby touched on it. It comes down to all the players doing their job. And yeah. I think it was Devin Bush that said this week that basically that's what it comes down to as well, that they need to do their job and not try to do somebody else's job. Because if they're on, if they're disciplined and they're on their responsibility and on their man, that's how do you shut it down? It's in that moment of confusion where so much is happening and players are trying to make a decision or wind up making the wrong decision that the triple option really capitalizes and can really hurt uh, the other team. So, um, I mean, Michigan's been able to stop them before, obviously different era, different things, things going on and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I was able to watch part of the game, I was really hoping to be able to watch all of it. Interestingly enough, Air Force has only played one game. and Much for them to look at. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really a lot, and it okay. wasn't really that enjoyable to watch, <laughs> to be honest. So um, it's uh, – We'll say that Air Force looked to them to score early. They like to score early. First half, they like to make up all their points in the beginning, and then they uh, – Second half, they don't do as much, but they really like to come out fast because even they tire out a little bit during the second half. But, uh, yeah, they're definitely a first-half scoring team, so Michigan needs to be ready. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, 
I mean, it's kind of like one of those uh, simple things. I heard the commenta- uh, commentators saying it when they were playing their first game. Uh, when you think they're going to run it, they're going to pass it. When you think they're going to pass it, they run it. But yeah. um, obviously, Michigan is a different team. The first team that Air Force played was uh, VMI. Hold on. Let me get this right. VMI Cadets, not Cadets, Cadets. <laughs> nice. Um, and it was a very lopsided game, if you guys have not checked that out. Because Air Force put up 647 total yards, and VMI did not even break 100. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, it, I, and, and it's been two weeks, and they've still only played one game, so it really kind of sucks. Because also that means that Air Force has had an extra week to prepare for Michigan. Yeah, two, yeah, two games, right? Yeah, and but, probably looking at the Cincinnati game. And yeah, at what you know, what they did to move the ball on us and, and possibly force turnover. But you're right. I mean, we're talking Air Force, 457 yards on the ground in the first half, or uh, seven t- 457 yards on the ground with seven touchdowns. Five of them come from the first half. So what's that tell you? Oh yeah. So, and what did they say? They had seven. What they say they had about ten different eight to nine. How many people scored in that game? Did they uh, have a? Oh, I'm not sure. I know sixteen players had rushing yards though. <laughs> yeah, sixteen said, players had rushing yards, and none of them broke a hundred yards when the team got four hundred and fifty-seven rushing yards. Yeah. <laughs> so that also tells you one that they spread the ball or give the ball to oh, one. They give it to them. they give it to the water boy. Yeah, but then that also makes me wonder if they're if they don't have that strong of a star running back. So, right. yeah, right, and yeah, and they you know, uh, uh, Worthman threw the ball what 172 yards and a pair of scores in the second half. So, yeah, I mean they they are a threat to pass it because you you know you get your secondary and you get uh, all your defensive line blitzing. Well, the thing is, is if Michigan comes out blitzing a lot, it works, but at times it doesn't work because you don't know who gets the ball and you could be blitzing the wrong guy. So they got to be disciplined on their blitzes because you could blitz too hard and they could be wide open for the pass. And like you said, a little dish pass or a dish off to the running back and you're uh, on a reversal and you're screwed. So a uh, lot of lot of moving parts on that team. Yeah, and um, the thing about their passing game is that they got a decent amount. Well, nothing crazy for passing yards, 190, but that was on 10 passes. Their um, yards per pass was 13.6. They caught VMI with some bombs or some kind of dink passes that they were able to cut up, up the field with. So that was that it's tough to judge their passing game against a team like VMI. I will say comparing uh Michigan games again uh game against Cincinnati last week and how uh there was some Cincinnati did the option with some success against us. It was kind of discouraging to see because I didn't think that they ran it very well. They had that one big breakout where it was the quarterback keeper. Um, which was kind of unexpected, but there'll be more that they'll be expecting from Air Force this week. But then with um, the other plays that they did, it was just like the quarterback fake taking a step or took one step and then 
optioned it out. Yeah. And sometimes that still burned Michigan. So, yeah. I mean, it, usually when you see a successful or when I see a successful is when the um, quarterback and the running back run wide out towards the sideline. And then there's that time for them to see, okay, are they going after the quarterback or are they focusing on the running back? Then they decide to pitch it. No, they pitched it really quickly and it yeah. still was yeah. able to uh, give Michigan a difficult time. So that was, that was a little bit of a concern for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always a concern is whether you don't know who's getting the ball at that last second. They're so good at that last moment of pitching the ball to the running back, either the quarterback keeper or even passing it over the top to uh, another player. So it is interesting to watch and watching those pieces work together and work smoothly. So um, like we saw during the Hoke era, but um, I think, you know, Don Brown, well, Don Brown's been, I heard he's been waiting for this kind of a triple option. He's been, he's had air force circled on his uh, schedule since they went to Italy. So, yeah, I remember him talking about that. The one thing about the option, though, then, too, is, first of all, Air Force face VMI, you know, different kind of uh, opponent there. But this great Michigan defense doing the option can be detrimental when you're getting rushed and slammed in the face. You're looking at a lot of potential for turnover if you do not do that option exactly right then. So that, honestly, if Michigan plays it right, I could see it working in their favor sometimes. Right. Yep. Because you're you're in the backfield. You fumble back there. You pitch it wrong. You get nudged just a little bit, and you pitch it wrong, and your player doesn't get it. You're going to have one, at least one, I would probably say two Michigan defenders with more right behind them coming up and probably being able to scoop that ball up and start taking it the other way. So that's one thing that I'll say that could be positive for Michigan if they were able to uh, – to handle the option correctly and be able to catch Air Force off guard every once in a while. Yeah, and I think uh, even Air Force's defense is not bad. It's pretty good. I think they're ranked 10th in rush defense in uh, last year. So that's a pretty good stat. So if we want to run the ball, you know, Ty Isaac running that ball. But, uh, yeah, 10th ranked for a service team is pretty good against the rush. Yeah, uh, good to point out. And something interesting that I heard them talking about with the game against VMI is that they have a player. They didn't call it the Viper position, but they were comparing it to – they brought up Jabril Peppers from last year. And they had – apparently Air Force has a player, I believe, I have uh, the name and the, his jersey number, but – uh, they didn't call it the Viper position. I can't remember what they called it. But okay. then, um, yeah, it was number seven on defense, I'm pretty sure they were talking about. I think they called it the spur position. I have not heard that term before. Maybe it's just something that Air Force specifically calls it. But uh, Jamel Sanders, uh, he's a senior linebacker, and they said that they just move him around the field a lot like they did with Jabril Peppers. So you don't know if he's going to move up really close and hang out in the regular linebacker position or if he's going to shift out and uh, play more in the secondary. So they were talking about him moving around a lot. So that's going to be kind of a – if that holds true and they do move him around a lot, that could be a um, key player to watch uh, for the game on Saturday and just see kind of how they utilize him then. 
Yeah, I think they have a pretty good running back uh, last year uh, in uh, what Timothy McVeigh. Boy, what a terrible name that guy's got. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking as Oklahoma City Bomber. That's the same guy's name. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> so 1,300 uh, all-purpose yards in 2016. So, guy's not bad, pretty good. So, look for that guy to get the ball. But, yeah. Um, you know, I think what's going to happen is I, I think Air Force is going to really have going to have to pass this ball against our defense. We're, we're our defense is one of the best in the country at stopping uh, the run. So, and we're going to probably continue to do that. So we're probably going to end up saying, "Hey, uh, you're going to have Worthman. You're going to have to throw the ball." <laughs> yeah, I, that undoubtedly will be a focus for the defense to force them to pass the ball more. And hopefully our secondary will be able to hold that responsibility and take on that task so that there are no, uh, we don't get burned deep at all. Uh, Something else to mention with Air Force, uh, talking about rushing and just the different things they do on offense. They found themselves in 32 first downs in their first game. Um, which was a home game, by the way, against VMI. Uh, 32 first downs, and then um, they had 10 third downs, and they completed 70% of them. Wow. Again, that's VMI. That can be uh, kind of tricky to compare and think about, but uh, 70%, that's a pretty high number, and... Of those 32 first downs uh, that they gained uh, by Air Force, 26 were gained by rushing and six were by passing. Okay. So, I mean, you already saw the rushing numbers, so they run like what seems like 90% of the time. But Michigan Michigan is much better in the second half when it comes to the run defense. So... That's why I looked to uh, Air Force to come out strong to try to score as many points as they can in the first half because Michigan's defense is like, I think they've allowed a rushing, I think, one yard run your uh, average, one yard rushing in the second half. So that's pretty, pretty amazing to say uh, that Michigan does that. Yeah. And per carry, they've allowed one yard. So, yeah. Um, pretty great. So uh, let's look at it this way. Let's start talking about it this way. Uh, we've discussed it a little bit, but one or a couple of key components that um, will help Michigan get the win and, and or one or two things that could potentially be detrimental to Michigan if they go wrong. Well, I can tell you, Right off the right out of the gate, now that you mentioned that is what keys it'll be detrimental to Michigan will be the turnovers. I mean, plain and simple. We've seen two against Florida, and then we saw two of them uh, against Cincinnati on uh, just basic your basic uh, handoffs, or are you basically just a quarterback under center just pitch, pitching the ball or handing it off to the running back and fumbling it? So. Those are the, those are just they're disciplined they're they're silly mistakes but we can't do that with a team like this and the teams that are coming up so l- limit our turnovers um, and if you are going to turn over at least do it in a better area but um, 
I'd say that's probably one of the things we're going to really need to hunker down and, uh, and be careful with. Yeah. Uh, well, on the detrimental side of things and, uh, definitely giving credit due to who pointed this out, um, Drew Hallett on, uh, Twitter, yeah. which, uh, always has great stats and, uh, information out there. He, um, he pointed out some scary issues for Michigan in the red zone. Saw that. That was a great, great, a great piece. I read the whole thing. Great piece by him. So. Yeah, and that is that Michigan has gotten in the red zone six times and has scored five times. So it's like, hey, great. You know, 83% of the time Michigan is scoring. But wait. But wait. Yes, thank you. But wait. But a huge, huge but right there. Only one of those was a touchdown. So 16% of the time when they get in the red zone, Michigan has scored a touchdown. That is bad. That's well. That's like, isn't that like the worst? Wait, what? Any didn't that rank last? Yeah, that might be last. I mean, because you're. This is completely different from last year because last year was was amazing. I remember the hot start that Michigan was off of, where it was. I think they were scoring on a hundred percent when they were in the red zone when they were yeah. starting out last season, and that a huge percent of it was touchdowns. Yeah. So this yeah. year is almost like polar opposites, and it just goes more on that uh, conversation of in times of need, Michigan cannot convert and get first downs, and in times of need, now in the red zone, Michigan cannot get touchdowns, which was crazy last week because then you see Michigan decide to go for it on fourth down, and it's fourth and long, you know. Yep. Uh crunch time and all of a sudden you know no worries michigan can easily pull through that but then when you have like a third and three or some nonsense it's like the wheels are falling off well yeah i know that defenses are condensed when you get in the red zone and they push up and that's what happens and a lot of things can happen but this is where i was kind of saying you know i'm you know i'm not jim harbaugh i'm not a coach like him he's one of the best i get it but i'm also one of these guys that just says you know i've seen a lot of passes to the corner to someone like you know chris perry who's a slot guy and a lot of times i question that because i'm like hey we've got at least two to three very tall very big tight ends and we're not even throwing to them so those are times where i just go i don't understand the play call and why we don't get it to the mismatches that we have. So those might contribute to it. And maybe we see them in this game, but uh, you're right. It, those numbers are alarming and I don't know what it is, but you know, maybe it just comes to play call and maybe it just comes to, it's a young team that maybe a lot of receivers are, you know, not used to playing at this high level and they just need experience, but I don't know. Yeah. And, and I'm still in, uh, confused on why, the hammer panda hasn't been used more. Oh yeah, I, I mean they, they tried again with a pass, which was cool, which is was a great yeah. kind of relatively trick play. But it's just like you know, should you be using him to his strength? Are you saving him? Is this deliberate or what? Like I'm, I'm not sure. Is this something with the new coaching? Like involved? a gear touchdown machine that guy is so. yeah but michigan has not found itself that close to the end zone very often there was one time in the yeah. cincinnati game though where i think it was like on the four yard line or something 
And it was to start the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. And they decided to do a pass or something. or And there was that uh, the the fumble, the miss handoff or some crazy nonsense. And then they lost yards and they weren't even close enough to try it. Yeah, it would be interesting to see, like you pointed out in the last sportscast, on big plays that go for big yardage and yet produce three points or no uh, points at all. Like you're talking about that Ty Isaac run in the Cincinnati game. Big run, big, big run by him. Gave, gave us incredible yardage, and we got three points out of it. We didn't really get anything much out of that. Uh, those are the kind of things I worry about that we're not scoring. We should be scoring touchdowns, but we're getting three points instead. Yeah, we did not at any point. I did not feel that Cincinnati was ever on their heels in that game. Right. Michigan did not put them on their heels and put them in uncomfortable situations, even when they came out and, and Michigan scored so quickly. Yeah. Cincinnati stuck with it. They competed and they kept their heads on straight. Kudos to them. They were they came and they played tough and they were prepared. So, yeah, that I think and I I said it in some of the stuff that went out there too. It's a young team. I think Michigan is going to improve week to week. I agree. I, I think we're going to see some better things this week. I'm not coming out and going to be I mean, with the way we performed week 1, I don't think my thoughts on week 2 were too outrageous or anything, but now definitely dialing it back because it's we're going through growing pains right now. Right. And, and while – Yeah. No, you're a good point. I think we're going to growing pains because I think we aren't seeing an offense that's clicking, and we got a lot of tough games coming up, and I think that's where you're starting to see a lot of the crowd, a lot of fans worried. And when they're worried, they boo, and they get like, come on, we got to score. And they're right, but, you know, we got to let it play out. We got, you know, thank God we got Air Force coming up that, you know, they're not cakewalk, but it's a good team to play. And then we start getting into, like, you know, Michigan State, and those are the tough teams we're going to have to start getting better and and start scoring. Yeah. And I had something else to say about the growing pains, but – I lost it now when you started talking. Great job, Craig. Great job. Yeah, put it on Twitter somewhere. <laughs> Stop stealing my tweets. Yeah, so, I mean, great things. I I, I expect Wilton Spade to do better. And, you know, he, uh, there's time. Hey, you know, I get people's frustrations. It makes sense. But uh, uh, I like what I see in Ty Isaac. The guy is running crazy, and it's good to see him doing really, really well. Great to see the secondary show up in the Cincinnati game. I think they're going to have their hands full with Air Force in this game, so they're going to have to be on their toes against them. Yeah, and there's no problem. I have no problem with people getting frustrated. And being frustrated is part of sports, and it's great that Michigan fans can be back at that because that means Michigan football is just doing better. But uh, along with that, um, to mention if uh, anybody listening may have not heard it, uh, Harbaugh and even the coaching staff was mentioning that they need to step their game up too because there were mistakes that were made that they said uh, should have been filtered out by proper coaching. And so they were saying that uh, everybody needs to step up their game, the players and the coaches, and they need to uh, bring it this weekend. And uh, like I said, I think they will. I think there will be improvement. I don't think it's going to be anything insane and night and day, but I do – anticipate that there will be more positive to take away from this game uh, than uh, the Cincinnati game. So we'll kind of 
watch and see how that goes. So, yeah, I know. And basically, with Air Force, pr- pretty much boils down to you got to stop the run. That's what it is with them. So that nasty, <coughs> nasty triple option. Yeah, the nasty triple option, man. Wow. Okay. Um, so, um, I guess now would be a good time. Yeah, because we'll have to get into our final predictions and everything. I'm trying to keep track of how how long we got. But we'll go ahead and do uh, lock it or dump it. And I've got a couple here. And did you want to uh, submit one for lock it or dump it? Or No, you can go. That's all right. Okay. Uh, the first one I got here is... There will be more than two fumbles forced by the Michigan defense. Not recovered, just more than two fumbles forced. So basically you're going to be saying there will be three or more fumbles. I say uh, lock it. All right. Just based based on Air Force and how they run, they do a lot of running past, you know, triple, triple option, man. So a lot of things can go wrong with the speed of this defense. Yeah, I think them having only faced one opponent is going to be a little bit of a negative for Air Force and that the uh, strength and speed of the Michigan defense is going to just cause them to slip up uh, one too many times. And so I will go ahead and lock that one as well. All right, so I think we've talked about every week. So here's the question of... There will be a running back other than Ty Isaac that will get 100 rushing yards in this game. Dump it. Not happening. Not happening. No faith in anybody else right now. No, Isaac's the man. He's rolling. You run with your hot hand, man. Yeah, well, I will actually counteract you, and I will say go ahead and lock it. Guessing you think Evans, huh? Uh, Well, no, actually. I mean... uh, Potentially, but uh, even um, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Oh, okay. You know, just seeing some potential there, and I think that that they might throw some different stuff in there. So I have a feeling that eh, this might be it. You know, I'm going on a little bit of a limb here, but, you know, you know, yeah, I tried a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It worked last time. Yeah, Um, so this one then, Michigan will have two or more passing touchdowns. I will say dump it. No. Going to dump it again. Uh, why, Why are you going with that? Uh, just based on the numbers and me seeing the last game, very difficult to see offense struggling so much in the red zone against a team like Cincinnati, and really didn't even look like that that they were actually going to score. So, but if Michigan has had more success running the ball, then Air Force might take more time to defend the run, which might leave some openings in the secondary. Yeah. For passing. So basically I would be saying there would be three passing touchdowns. I would go ahead and dump that too, actually. 
I think it's going to be one of the things that we'll get some big plays and probably get into the red zone. But I think that when we get into the red zone, that there will be more running plays to get in. I do think that um, the Hammer Panda will get more involved this game. I hope so. He's dependable as all get out, man. So, well, I hope we're wrong on that particular one because I would love to see Spate throw at least two to three touchdowns in this game. Really good, clean, easy, uh, um, very patient throws, and that'd be wonderful to see him to get his uh, momentum going. So. Oh yeah, well he could very well have that. He just they before. just might they might not be touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. So so, but all right. Uh, let's go ahead and get towards uh, final thoughts for the game, and we'll do some predictions. And, Craig, I'm going to actually have you go first this time because I think you've made me go first two times in a row now. Oh, okay. So let me get the get the music rolling in the background. Get pumped up. Get think about I don't know if you have a number already figured out. I do. All right, so I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and take it away. Therefore, big house, tough environment. Michigan's own them every year, but uh, that triple option is always tough for Michigan to defend early on. Uh, I expect Michigan to overpower them in the second half and kind of let things go and stop them, and then use their strength against them. And I think we win, but I'm not giving them the points as many as I used to because of the very fact is what I've seen. I want to see, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I am ecstatic if I'm wrong, but I'm going to give them 28 to 17. 28 to 17. Okay. I'd go 30, but I'm not going to do that. 28, 17. I got to type that down here. So I don't forget. Um, I will go ahead and um, I, I'm not too far off from you. Actually, I'm I'm really we're really close this week. Um, I do think that Air Force will have some success that they will score. I think in garbage time they might have uh, something kind of to throw up on the board there as well. Um, since Michigan only scored 20 offensive points last week, I'm hesitant as well to give them a lot of points. I know Kirby gave us, what, 42? Uh, I was kind of looking at 38, but I am, for my final prediction, I'm going to go with 31 for Michigan and 17 as well for Air Force. So maybe they score like 10 points and then they slip in another uh, touchdown there in garbage time or something like that. So 31 to 17. That'd be good to get. Man, I hope Kirby's right. (laughs) Yeah. That'd yeah, be great. It would be great to see more offensive, uh, more success on offense this week. Um, and we'll kind of see how that goes. But those are the thoughts there. I think um, to kind of go into detail and maybe break it down then, I think that the Michigan defense will be able to disrupt the triple option enough times and enough ways, cause some turnovers and uh, be able to capitalize it. I don't know if there will be any defensive scoring, but just be able to uh, give Michigan good field uh, position, which most of the time Michigan does pretty well with, even though they do struggle in the red zone that we already talked about. Uh, I think Air Force will, their darn trickery with that darn triple option, uh, they'll break through every once in a while, um, but I do believe that our the defense is going to be disciplined, and so they aren't going to nearly have as much success as they did 
against VMI to say the least. Um, but I really think the fact that they spread it out so much is not going to be that great for them. I, I don't think that they're going to have one running back or one rusher step up and be that playmaker for them. I, I don't, I personally don't think that they have a standout playmaker for their offense. So that's another reason too why I don't think that they're going to be putting a ton of points up on the board. Yeah, we got we got so much speed now. You know, we're the speed on this defense is just awesome to see. I mean, it's that's why I'm just like all in on this defense and watching them, especially against a triple option. Just watching that speed and the power is not like it was last year. I mean, we had. We had a good defense, but you know the linebacking linebackers were still a little bit slow and you know more power guys than they were speed level, and that's we got that now. So, yep, just need to make sure the things that Michigan wants to avoid is getting burned in the secondary. Yep, and like you said, turnovers on offense. I think those are the two biggest things for Michigan to worry about for this weekend. Yep, yep, sure is. Yeah, so. keep those limit. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, we'll transition here then into some final closing thoughts. Okay. All right. Uh, Something that I wanted to share and talk about a little bit. If you guys haven't seen it, I got some cool stuff with fan predictions before the last game because we got down to Ann Arbor and did some stuff. Um, Actually have some concepts and ideas where we could actually do it live. But the tricky part with that is that comes with a cost. And there have already been a lot of expenses with things uh, this year with the season getting ready. So uh, we haven't talked about this in a while. We don't do it a lot. We don't. We never expect anything. But I did want to mention that if anyone is interested and likes the show and wants to see us produce more content or maybe do some new things, like I was saying, we have some opportunities for doing uh, some th- things live, um, you can donate to the show. Uh, we've had a little bit through the years that we have done this. Uh, if you l- want to look for that, it's actually on our website. Uh, right on that front page, there is a donate button through PayPal, uh, trusted source of PayPal, uh, on the right-hand side. So it's really easy to do if anyone's interested. We're not pitching or campaigning for it, but just letting people know and uh, that we would be putting more content out there if we uh, are able to get the resources so, yeah, yeah, good. But uh, as always, we want to leave you guys off with ways that you can contact us if you guys are interested. Again, thank you guys for the uh, voicemails. We always appreciate that. And like we said last year, I don't know if I've mentioned it again this year, but if we get enough of uh, the voicemails, we will be uh, maybe doing its own separate kind of thing, putting it in its own little segment. Um, cause if it takes up too much time, then we don't want to have that take away time from, uh, the episode right now. It's just kind of, um, taking over the spot of the intro, which is totally fine and totally works out. Okay. So, uh, but if you guys want to contact us, 
email bluebrotherssportscast at gmail.com. On Twitter, uh, always talking every day, we're at bluebros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. So that's at B-L-U-E-B-R-O-S underscore then Caleb or Craig. And uh, the voicemail, which we always appreciate if you guys call it. Um, I know that people have been cut off in the past couple of weeks. I don't know if it's something with Google Voice that they have changed that or not. Um, but uh, you might just kind of have to uh, keep things relatively brief for voicemails if it do, if it, that can't be changed through Google Voice. But if you do want to call, that is 551-258-3276. Easy to remember. It's 551-BLUE-BRO. Yep. Good time. So we will be back in Ann Arbor again this weekend. Are you going to be ready for that, Craig? Do you think you'll be ready? I think I will. Craig's a little bit under the weather, so. Yeah. It's a little sickly. I blame my kids for that. Always, you got to blame somebody for it. Yeah. Well, you were saying it was uh, starting Sunday, so I kind of wonder if maybe you ran into somebody when you uh, yeah. left the big house. So. Yeah, I was bedridden for a couple of days, so I'm kind of just toughing it out right now. But uh, Are you sure you're sick, or is this like one of those old age things? <laughs> it could be old age, too, man. <laughs> like, it certainly feels like it a lot of times, but... Uh, yeah, hope to get better and be better by at least Saturday. Yeah, because we definitely want to be back out there and uh, doing our stuff down in Ann Arbor because we had a good time doing that before. All right. Uh, again, if you do are, are going to leave voicemails and you do want us to include them in our next uh, recap of the game, call Saturday. That is going to be the best bet. Uh, you can try calling Sunday. That might be enough time before we start recording, but... If you really want to get in right away, we suggest calling Saturday. So, well, as always, we always appreciate our listeners. You guys are great. Uh, we appreciate the people who follow us, whether it's on Twitter, whether whether it's on some of the other sites. If you visit our website, which, wow, I never mentioned the website enough, but bluebrothersportscast.com is our website. Wow, easy to remember. Uh, then especially the followers are on SoundCloud. We have a ton of followers on there. Really appreciate that. That is awesome. Uh, it's almost the weekend. It is almost football Saturday for Michigan facing off against Air Force. Hopefully that will get here quickly and your week will go well. Uh, we'll finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue.